That's what happens when you take two bowls and try to do the intro twice. Yeah. Welcome to Thoughts Off the Stem. I'm your host, Justin Baroni. <laughs> and today, that's right, we're smoking on a little bit of houseplant. Why? Because I was talking shit about Seth Rogen and his weed earlier in a couple earlier episodes. <laughs> Not really talking shit. I just saw an interview where he told the interviewer to only take one hit of his weed. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm gonna smoke the whole thing if you tell me to do that. Because one hit, really? Come on. Anyway, I figured, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I figured what I would do is I would put my money where my mouth is and I would buy some of it to try it out. Because let's be honest, if he's saying that, there's gotta be something to it, right? So, I'm giving it a shot this time. So I hope you had a good week. I hope you're, uh, you know, having a good Friday. I hope you're ready to enjoy the weekend. I hope you're enjoying this episode at 420 on Friday, baby. That's right. It's time to get lit for the weekend. I've never said lit before in my life. I can't believe that I just said that. <laughs> but anyway, we've got some houseplant in the joint. I've smoked it. It is very good. I have to, I have to say I'm very impressed. It's a good price point. It's not overly expensive. Uh, I bought a half quarter or an eighth for you American folk out there that are listening and or watching. Um, and yeah, it's I, it's way more impressive than I thought it was going to be. I did not expect to get the smoke out of it that I got. Um, so yeah, so I got to say that. So I got to say like, yeah, maybe not one hit's going to put you out, but it is good fucking weed. And I got the Indica, Houseplay Indica. It's an Indica. <laughs> You're going to go to sleep after, probably, most likely. Um, I rolled a little bit smaller of a joint this time because it's actually, it's super fresh. But uh, it's super fresh, so I made it a little smaller because it does hit you pretty hard. And it does hit you, like, very indicate So you tend to, like, boop, 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 time for bed. And I wanted to stay up for this episode because I've been watching a lot of Sammy the Bull Gravano's YouTube videos lately. And, like, I like masculine shit already, <laughs> but fuck, dude, <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> he did some crazy fucking shit. Uh, he was involved in some crazy shit, but we're talking a man's man, a dude's dude. That is a that's a dude, man, right there. So I've been watching that, and I've realized that, like, I want to get back into doing masculine shit <laughs> because of cancel culture i'm like fuck that i'm going for unbridled masculinity that's it so i've watched all the expendables in the last week i watched a bunch of fast and furious <laughs> watched john wick like two or three times <laughs> okay and i've been watching this sammy the bull stuff constantly and it's awesome all right but what it made me want to do was tell you guys a little bit about what it was like, or some of my best stories, I guess, or some of my most memorable stories from concert security. And we're not talking necessarily like, you know, the famous people that you meet and shit like that. No, no. <laughs> I'm talking about like sort of the grittier side of shit. So I'll ease it in with this story first. So when I was 18, I started working concert security in downtown Toronto. And I had this little Honda Civic that I would take down there, um, you know, to get back and forth. It was my little rice rocket car. That's what, that's what they used to call it, okay? So this one concert I was doing was like, uh, 
what was it? It was like the Almond Brothers or something like that. It was very peaceful, like hippie-ish kind of concert. So there were like no big heavy flashlights or mag lights or anything like that. None of that craziness. We don't want to see any like, you know, real violence or anything like that. Not that we were a violent group of security guards, but like, you know, they have, the band tells you what they want. So you act accordingly. Okay. No problem. So this one concert, I'm working it, left my big like three foot mag light in the car. Um, you know, work the concert, no problems, not a single problem, no issue whatsoever. I'm walking back to my car. I open the door, <laughs> this motherfucker, okay? And some dude comes up from behind me. I'm 18, so I'm an idiot, first of all. Second of all, I'm full of fucking piss and vinegar, and I'm ready to fight anybody on a dime, because fuck you, I'm security, you can't handle this. I gotta fight anybody. If you want to kick my ass, not a problem, okay? So anyway, <laughs> so... This guy sticks something in my back, like probably his hand or something. I don't know, maybe a gun. Who the fuck knows? But he goes, give me your keys. And I was like, well, dude, my keys are in there. I'm from like Oakville, out of town, like 30 minutes away. I need my wallet to at least get home, but you can have the car. What this dumb fuck doesn't know, or you can call me the dumb fuck, I don't know. But I have my mag light. When you open the door of the car, the, I'm standing with essentially my right shoulder in the car door. And my left hand on the top of the, the door itself, because it's open, right? So I'm starting to lean in, but my mag light is down by my left leg in the door of the car for a potential situation like this. <laughs> so I reach in, pretend to fidget over the seat so I get him distracted over here. And I lean down, as I lean down to try and get into the seat a little bit, I grab the mag light. And as I stand up, I stand up and turn as if I'm going to hand him something. And I smack him across the head with the fucking mag light. Whoop! Right across the fucking head. It was like this probably. Much like, damn it, I don't have the explosion sound on here. But it was, oh yeah it is. It was like this. The mag light comes up. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Upside the head. Okay. This motherfucker goes down. I hop in my car. I don't pay any attention to what else is going on. Fucking gun it out of there. I stop at the booth at the parking lot. I'm like, hey, dude. So in the spot I was just in, there's a guy knocked out. Because <laughs> he tried to carjack me. And I knocked him out and I took off. Worst part of this whole scenario was that right across the road, like not 100 yards away, not even. Not even 50 yards away. There was a whole lineup of cops. Like right there. And I couldn't flag any of them down. Couldn't do anything. Well, yeah, so that was like one of my early on introductions to concert security. Not even having like the concert being the problem. It was the aftermath of the concert. Some asshole tried to take my fucking car. <sighs> fuck you, dude. That was my first car. You can't fuck with my first car. So I fucking clocked him and I took off. It was pretty good. But all these fucking stories with Sammy the Bull started making me think of this shit. So now I'm all on this masculinity trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, totally. So like I said, this Seth Rogen stuff is like really good. It hits you pretty hard. That bong hit gave me a pretty good shot. Oh yeah, that bong in the bong is, let me see, what was it? So the t I topped it with a little bit of houseplant and then underneath it, I had some White Widow just to mix it up a little, see what would happen with the mix. And like, it's an okay mix, but the houseplant is definitely a lot stronger. And 
this one is 22% THC. So for 22%, it's a good high. It lasts a pretty good long time, like a long enough time. Yeah, man, it's worth it. It's worth the money. <laughs> but fuck, I, ah, uh, dude, when I knocked that guy out, I was so proud of myself. I got home, I told my dad, <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's like, that guy could have shot you, no problem, or stabbed you, or done something. I was like, you're right, you could have, but he did it. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it was, it was good. But, like, most concerts were okay. There weren't too many problems that, that like, there were little shit things, you know, like, um, I don't know, man, there'd be stuff like people trying to get extra beer, you know, or, like, too drunk to try and get, like, and they're trying to get more, and you're like, what are you doing? That was the most... That was most of it. There weren't a lot of fights. Or if there were fights, as soon as you came over, like a security, it broke up a bit. And that's really all you're there to do is just break it up, not get into some fucking real serious fisticuffs or any shit. <laughs> but we did. From time to time. Not very often. We were pretty good. Our bosses were very serious about, like, we're not out here to brawl. We're not out here to, like, you know, throw down and see who's the better fucking boxer or whatever. Before... This was like before MMA or like anything like that was a big deal. So it was a bunch of like big dudes essentially just trying to keep the peace with fucking people. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was a mess because you always get that one guy that's fucking nuts and ready to fight everybody all the time. And you end up having to like contain him so he doesn't get fired and contain the other guy at the same time. It's a pain in the fucking ass. It can be anyway. I like to look at more of the city. I like to look at bleh. I like to look more at the situations that were stupid. Like, okay, I don't know if you've ever heard of this band called Less Than Jake. These guys became my fucking nemesis, man. Okay, so they're doing a concert. They're a punk, kind of like a punk band, right? And a lot of the times, like, when people are up on stage, they look massive, or on TV, they look really big. But, like, some of these, like, artists and, like, singers and stuff, they're not big dudes. They're, like, little tiny guys, right? And, uh... So this guy, I don't know what crawled up his ass, but I was at that night. So you have, you're at the stage and I got put center of this. No, sorry. Left center of the stage, which is like more stage controlled than crowd controlled. The guy on the sides, the guys on the other sides of you are supposed to be at the ends controlling more of the crowd. You're just there to like catch body surfers and like pass them off and then get them off the thing. But they had a rule. The house had a rule that you could only surf twice and then you got, that was it. You couldn't, if you came over again, you got kicked out of the concert, right? So as everybody comes over, you tell them this. At least we, that's like, we were doing that. So, <laughs> so this Les the Jake guy, he's jamming out, whatever. <laughs> Fucking crowd is going absolutely bananas, okay? Like, <laughs> okay they're going bananas like just losing their fucking mind okay and this kid comes over and he comes down i'm like all right man you got like one more and then you can't come over again or you get kicked out of the concert heads up so i push him along he goes this motherfucker like an hour later starts coming back over he comes over okay this dude kicks me and it's these guys like i said are like you know kind of a punk band like I don't know, top 40 punk, really. They weren't like punk punk, you know? But they dressed the same way. So we're talking like big fucking thick-soled shoes and boots and stuff. And this guy just happened to have on army boots. And uh, he starts coming up, 
he's trucking over the top and we meet eyes and I look at him and if you get to the front you have to be pulled like it's better if you're pulled out than shot back in because one people are waiting for the next person right so this dude comes over and I go to grab his one leg because you grab by like the shin and then you pull him in so that you can catch him and anyway put him down so you can you support him and put him down this motherfucker kicks me in the face fucking douchebag flat out wham just a boom right to the left side of the head as I'm grabbing so I look I'm like what the fuck dude <laughs> so I step back and he gets sort of like pushed back out to like the second or third row and I look at my buddy who I had just got a job at this place with or he had, I just got him a job so this motherfucker I look I'm like he comes back we're pulling him out like that's it like I'm not gonna fuck the guy up but he's gone he kicked me in the fucking head okay so he comes he comes back again and he's trying to like push himself back into the crowd more versus coming over the barricade but he couldn't get away because it was a jam up of surfers <laughs> so he got stuck and I was like you're dead motherfucker I grabbed his heel and I yanked him off the top of the crowd okay I could have been a fucking asshole and let him drop face first into the fucking ground no I'm not that fucking guy okay so like I pulled him over and I let him fall enough to know like you could fall you know and then I caught him and then I put him down. But because he kicked me in the fucking head, I was going to kick him out. You don't kick somebody in the fucking face, man. I don't care if there's security or whoever. If you got to just follow the fucking rule and nothing bad happens. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so this guy is a little kid, right? Now, what you do, he's not a kid kid. Like, I mean, he's a little guy, okay? He's like 18, 19 years old, maybe 17, okay? So what you do if you're the bigger guy is you cover that person so that they're shielded from anybody else coming over because I'm you're walking them between the stage and the fucking fans. So there's more people coming as you're walking out. It's like a gauntlet. So I you cover the guy, you hold him by his hand, you keep him by his shoulder, and you sort of walk him out, okay? And you push him out. But you don't do it rough. You don't have to beat him up. You don't have to wipe the floor with him or any of that shit, right? So as I'm doing this, I hear the fucking lead singer of Less Than Jake yelling at somebody hey motherfucker what the fuck do you think you're fucking doing i'm like what and i turn the corner as i'm leaving i'm like somebody else doing some shit and he's looking at me <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about dude so he's reaming me out in front of like this club in toronto and he stopped the show and he's yelling at me about like how i'm roughing this fucking kid up and whatever no this kid kicked me in the fucking head, okay? He's lucky I didn't fucking kick him in the head. You know what I'm saying? So, he, less than Jake dudes yelling, screaming, whatever at me. I'm in the middle of taking this kid out. So, I walk him outside. I'm like, you're done. You can't come in. There's a boot print on my head, goddammit. <laughs> okay? So, I come back in. My boss is like, what's that about? He sees the boot print. He goes, never mind. <laughs> He's like, I got you. So, then I come back out to the show. And I, and I go back to my post. And I'm, I go to stand there, and this motherfucker has stopped the show. It's like silent, not silent, but like, it's they're just playing some chords. And he waited for me to come back. And he turns and goes, hey, you. And I have to turn around and look up at this, like, four foot two Smurf-looking motherfucker, okay? Telling me, fuck you, asshole, for hurting that kid, blah, blah, blah. I looked at him, like, I didn't hurt the kid, man. I didn't fucking touch him. I bet I did what I was supposed to do, and that's it. I walked him out. He's fine. He's just gone. 
He's like, yo, yeah, big tough guy. Our fans are allowed to do whatever they want. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> I said, okay, well, fuck you, man. I threw my middle finger up in his face and I walked out from the front of the stage. I go up to my boss in the back. I'm like, did you hear that? He goes, yeah. I said, what do we do here? <laughs> he goes, you go back to the front of the stage and you tell everybody to just split. Just everybody go to either side of the stage and just hang out. He's like, we're not stopping that guy. Fuck that guy. I was like, I didn't even hurt the kid. Like, I could have I could have bashed this motherfucker's head in, okay? But I didn't because I'm not there for that. I'm there to make sure that you're okay. And if somebody's harming somebody else in numbers, that's what we do. We stop the problem, okay? This guy's reaming me out. I come, I walk back out in front of him. I go, hey, you, this is for your fans, right? Like, you're, you're cool with this. This is your deal, right? Like, it's okay. So we don't need to be here then. And the guy's yelling at me and whatever. I said, okay, well, we're leaving. <laughs> and I said, okay, guys, just take a side, man. This guy can handle it. He's got it. And I looked at him and went, fuck you. And I walked away from him. And I walked back to the back and I sit down beside my boss. My boss is not no fucking pushover, dude. He's a big seven-foot biker. <laughs> he was at the time. Like, he's not, a, he was not. He was not an unintimidating guy, <laughs> okay? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so, and this guy, as soon as we left the stage, everybody rushed the stage. There was fucking 30 people on the stage in about 10 minutes. Sorry, 10 seconds. This guy's holding the mic going, hey, security, we're like, you better call somebody because <laughs> it's not us now. You fucked that up when you started giving me shit for doing my job. <laughs> like, fuck you, man. Yeah, it was a big deal. So they had to shut the show down. I'm leaving after. And you have to go out this like narrow little hallway to the to the parking lot. And as you go down this narrow hallway, there's like a there's a couple doors on the right, and one door is like the green room where everybody's sitting and whatnot, right? And so this little guy comes out, he comes up to my chest. I'm 5'11. He comes up to my chest to about here, and he's like you motherfucker, this is not how you do shit. I make sure you never fucking work in this business again. I go, okay, Hollywood. Calm the fuck down. Like, you're lucky you didn't get stabbed and killed, you dummy. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's yelling and yelling and yelling. And then he stops. And he just stops yelling. And I'm not, I wasn't a small guy at this time. 5'11", I was 250 pounds. Okay? I, this dude was like, like I said, like maybe 5'5", five five, 135 pounds. Dude, I throw you through a door if I want. What the fuck do you think happens here? <laughs> like, and I'm paid at this point in my life to wrestle with people for doing dumb shit. So like, hi, you're fucked. <laughs> okay, Mr. Guitarist? Then I realized that my supervisor, my boss, was above me and he was staring down at the guy, like the lion and the mouse sort of thing, you know? And he's like just leaning closer, closer forward till his face is finally in this kid's face and he goes, guess what? Fuck off. <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> that dude walked back into his fucking little room. He goes, you go home, have a good night, whatever. It was all good. But dude, sometimes you get stupid performers that do silly things. That's why you got to treat people nice. You got to treat people nice all the time. Okay? Always. It doesn't matter. Like, even if somebody's being a real fucking asshole to you, right? You be nice. And then when some shit goes down, you can still be nice while you kick someone's ass. <laughs> you can have a smile on your face. 
If you if you know like now, I there's no way I would get into a fight for any reason. Like I mean, unless you're trying to harm me or you know my family or something like that, fine. But I'm not saying like not like I wouldn't go work concert security now. But like back then, sure, man, we can. You're gonna try and punch me in the face, okay? I'm gonna tackle you, <laughs> and then seven other guys are gonna be on top of you. I'm okay. We're not getting in a big scrum here. But yeah. It always made me laugh at like some some performers and stuff and how like anal they were. And how like fame and shit goes to people's heads. And like I hate to say it, man. I like all kinds of music, but that less the Jake shit, it was not that good. Okay? It was not even kinda that good. That's all I'm saying. I'm just this is what I'm saying. I'm saying boo. Boo less than Jake. Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> you made 18-year-old me pissed off, and you've learned out the hard way that, like, don't. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, just be nice, man. Because there was another time, okay, where I was working, what was it? It was 2000. It was, like, a Millennium concert at uh, the Air Canada in, or at the Air Canada, at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto. And w uh, one of my gigs for that night, one of part of my, like, posts, I guess you could call it, where I was situated, was one I, w I had to guard the Tragically Hips dressing room. That was fucking awesome. Being Canadian, what? That was fucking awesome, okay? So, I was guarding the Tragically Hips dressing room, standing at the door, looking all tough, mm -hmm, arms folded, chest out, back up, I got you, you know, that kind of thing, all right? So, the, this band comes up, who I did not know at the time. For Canadians, because like Canadians my age will know these guys, I'm sure, for sure. But this band comes up, I didn't know them very well. And, or I didn't know them at all. I didn't know them to see them. You know, I knew their music once I found out who they were, but I didn't know them. My job was, you had a stamp on your the back of your hand, and it was a specific stamp that allowed you into the dressing room with the Tragically Hit. If you didn't have the stamp, you could not go in that dressing room. This is the Tragically Fucking Hip. <laughs> okay, it's like Canadian gods, all right? What I'm saying is nobody gets in that fucking dressing room <laughs> unless it's okay, all right? So that was my focus. Nobody gets in that doesn't have this motherfucking stand. So the show ends, it's like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, we're sitting there, treble charger. Who I didn't know at the time, who they were, what they did, come walking up, okay? Very nice people. They asked if they could go in the dressing room. I said, no, sir, you cannot. I'm sorry. I said, you don't have the stamp or the appropriate credentials from what I have been told by my bosses. And this is the tragically hip. I will not sway. <laughs> okay. And the guy goes, oh man, really? Like here, I'm this guy. I have his number. And he like pulls up Gord Downey's fucking phone number. <laughs> okay. I'm like, yeah, I know, but stamp, you need the stamp. So, okay, man, fine, no problem. So he, so he backs up to the other side of the hallway. He calls into the dressing room. Sorry, he didn't have Gord Downey's number. He had, um, I don't know, one of the other guys. I don't know the other guy's names. I'm sorry. I'm a bad Canadian. <laughs> but he called some one of the other guys. I think it was like the bassist or something to say like, hey, we're stuck in the hall. We want to come in and see you, right? So this guy... <laughs> Comes bursting out of the dressing room. Door comes flying open. 
boom, kind of like an explosion. <laughs> he comes out screaming and yelling at me. What the fuck are you doing? They said they were with us. You should know they're with us. They could come in anytime they want. And he berates me, berates me, okay? Through, like, I'm in a hallway in a fucking, in the Arcana Center. It's massive. <laughs> There's people in the hallway stop staring at me. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even do anything. <laughs> like, and he's just giving it to me, okay? So I go, fine, you want, the, like, you're the band. You want them in, you have them in. Whatever, dude. Like, but I had to go by the stamp. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so they go in with the guy. I hear, like, a little bit of yelling a little bit. Fucking Gord Downey pops his head out, goes, hey man, you okay? I go, yeah. He goes, that was fucking rude. <laughs> he didn't say fucking. He goes, that guy's, that was really rude. He goes, I apologize that he, that he did that. He's like, you're just doing your job. We know, like, it's okay. Don't, please don't, you know. I was like, look, man, I'm not offended. I get, <laughs> I work security. I get yelled at. I've said I've heard way worse shit than that. That's nothing. Whatever, dude. You know, but he was super nice about it. And I could hear him reading the guy out in the dressing room for doing it. It was very nice of him. It was very considerate. And I was very appreciative of the fact that he recognized that, like, I hadn't actually done anything wrong. I wasn't trying to hold anybody up. The point of a security guard, or whatever, is not to get in the fight. It's to prevent it. <laughs> it's to make the fight and the bad situation go away. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, man, we can figure this out. No problem. I got this. We can make this happen and then make it happen. That's all you got to do as a security guard. You don't have to punch anybody in the fucking head. <laughs> you, I mean, sometimes you do, but very rarely, I think. But having said that, I have a topic for the middle of this to segue just a little bit of a segue for the net before the next couple stories. I wanted to do this season a little bit because this is the second season. I wanted to do a little bit of weed facts <laughs> because I figured if I'm going to smoke this shit, it's all legal and I'm talking shit and I'm doing the stupid vibe. I want to tell you a few things that maybe you didn't know, at least if you were Canadian and American, North American, I'll branch out and find out some other shit, but this is some pretty neat weed fact shit that I found. So one, okay. In Canada, Weed became illegal in 1923. Nobody knows why. <laughs> it just found its way. <laughs> okay, I find this funny for two facts. Because there was like no virtual recorded marijuana use at all at that point in Canada. Nobody in Canada gave a shit about it. <laughs> Everybody was like, whatever. And then in 1923, this there was, I guess, like a global or local uh, opioid issue <laughs> and this woman named Emily Murphy wrote a book the black candle and it was outlining opioid use and the effects and all that stuff on society and blah 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 well it became like the basis or it became one of the ideas or the reasons the ideas for the reasons that it became holy shit I just confused myself <laughs> that book became <laughs> that book holy shit i'm high that book was one of the potential reasons thank god brain <laughs> one of the potential reasons that cannabis became illegal in canada 
But after having reviewed the book, this is an article from cbc.ca. So after having reviewed the book, the art, the amount of marijuana talk was very little. It was like, nada. So that made no real sense. Then I found out through looking at, I think it was the source. No, not that. Um, another cbc.ca article where they were explaining that back then they were, they were having an opioid problem. And so government was trying to make that illegal or make something about that illegal. God damn, I'm too high to get this. Man, I read this today. <laughs> and so they did that. But then for some reason, somebody just sort of like swept cannabis in because there's two apparently uh, like a fi like filed copies of this that state like the first bill, the first time the bill was passed, there was no cannabis. The second time, no cannabis. And then there was one one what did they call it like um i don't know one official paper that had it in it so they were like all right well i guess that's the one <laughs> so they picked that one <laughs> and it became illegal the logical reason for that is the fact that the u.s was having their own fucking war at the time on drugs because of uh william randolph hearst and his whole paper conglomerate or monopoly, whatever you want to call it, trying to ban the use of the cannabis plant or the hemp plant or whatever you want to call it, okay, because it was superior to his product and apparently the cost of switching over was a bigger problem. But that's at least one of the reasons. But yeah, he was essentially too cheap to switch it. So he's like, fuck it, I'll just make it illegal so that all these people, because it was growing on like, hemp was growing on like every farm. So he's like, I'll just make it all illegal. It got fucking completely swashed across like the brush just stroked everything it was like okay you're all fucked why i don't care because i like paper fuck your hemp but my hemp paper is better no it doesn't matter <laughs> it's fine fuck off <laughs> i got this now you go to jail too oh and i'm gonna take a field <laughs> so yeah but that's probably why because canada's always like uh well i guess if they're doing it we better <laughs> so we were just like all right well we'll just cover our ass here okay so they threw it in and that's how it became illegal in canada how fucked up is that it's also like i said the hearst part is also how a, a part of how it became illegal in the u.s <laughs> it's fucking insane dude and at the time okay can you okay at the time at, at about the same time from 1938 to 1962 the government's leading what is he called let's see here the so this is from the source nv.com the government's official expert the u.s government's official expert on cannabis from 1938 to 1962 okay that was this guy once testified under oath that after smoking cannabis, he turned into a bat. He turned into a bat? How many times have it? 52, 54 sessions. I'm still not a fucking, I'm, I'm the same dude. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the US government's official expert on smoking cannabis, under oath, said, hey man, I smoked this shit. The other day, Saturday, Saturday was my day off. Guess what I did? I smoked this shit. I turned into a motherfucking bat. Are you kidding me?
one more time. The people believe that shit. Dude. That's the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> but I just thought that would be fun to share a couple little weed things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't know a couple of those things. I didn't know that guy thought he was a fucking bat. You kidding me? I've never had that problem before. I don't know if you have. Maybe you have. All right. Back to a concert security story because we got to go from cuckoo to kind of bonkers. Okay, so which one's a good one to tell you? Told you that one, that one. Oh, okay. So here's a good one. So a lot of the times when you do, when you're in like concert security and shit, or yeah, it's security. Like there's 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 certain concerts where you're like, okay, nothing's gonna happen. I can bring a fucking lawn chair and sit down. Okay. Now I'm not saying that this was that type of concert, but I'm saying that like. What happened at this concert <laughs> was baffling to the mind, all right? So again, downtown Toronto, Massey Hall. I think it was like 2000, the summer of 2001 or 2000. And Brian Adams is playing Massey Hall. And we're understaffed. So everybody we have, we have like one guy. And everybody's got walkie-talkies. No, Like everybody's on their own, essentially, in this like 500-seat hall. And we're like, I don't know, 30, 30 of us. No, not even 20, maybe. And we have to maintain this shit. We had a couple like off duty police officers and stuff around too, just in case, you know, but it was still, we were out highly outnumbered. <laughs> we were definitely fucked if anything went down. But again, Brian Adams, not really a big, like, Hey, fuck, fight, thrash, you know, hit the mob, like whatever. It's not that, you know? It's good time cruising, fucking hang out, drive down that highway music. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's good stuff for people that want to smoke joints and drive. <laughs> so you think, well, there's not going to be a problem here. It's going to be just fine. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we had, a, like, a huge problem. I did some shit I probably shouldn't have done. So, okay. So, <clears throat> the concert's all set up. All right. We're in the front of the stage. The stage is like a half moon. So we're facing out into the audience. The audience is a half moon around us. All right. I'm standing. There's stairs up to the stage to my right. So I'm the guy. I'm the last guy on the right of the stage. There's three of us in front of the stage. Brian Adams probably had his own security behind the scenes, but there was three of us. Okay. There was one guy at each aisle up the sides. So there in total was seven of us inside <laughs> where the shit was going on okay there was a balcony so there was two other dudes up there there were two roamers and there were two guys at the front door so whatever that is add that up that's how many people there were and i think there was our boss in the back monitoring everything okay so totally outnumbered <laughs> brian adams getting into his music everybody's like you know having a good time jamming out whatever and then he goes Get up. Why are you all sitting down? Come on, get up. And everybody rushes the fucking stage. <laughs> These people are, I'm 40. These people were my age now. Okay. And I'm saying like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> These guys come running down to the front of the stage. They're pushing up on us. We're like, look back up, trying to kick. You can't maintain the peace, right? 
But they're not being, like, aggressive. They're just excited. But they're in their 40s. It was really fucking weird. <laughs> so, at one point, everybody came up from their seats, right? So, everybody was still kind of in the row that they should have been in. So, that the crowd formed. And the people that were in the first row were, like, right up against. And then second, third, fourth, fifth. Okay? Well, this couple in the second row is, like, jamming out. The girl's having a good time. All of a sudden, I see the it's a couple so it's a guy and a girl and the girl is standing right in front of me and the guy's like just off to my left a little bit and I'm looking out to the crowd with my back to the stage and I just see the girlfriend's head go boom, smack and goes like forward hard and I'm like what what the hell and she looks up and she's like what the fuck and I look back and there's a chick behind her punching her in the back of the head <laughs> I'm like what are you doing <laughs> there's we're a mosh of people okay there's like Two people here, those couple, and then a third person there. I'm trying, like, I can't leave. I can't radio anybody because we're stuck tight. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm tell I, I make eye contact with the chick to punch the other chick, <laughs> okay? And I'm like, don't fucking do that. What are you doing? Don't do it again. You're out. And uh, she's like, okay. And so she just sticks her arm in between the couple. This crazy lady from the third, fourth row. She sticks her arm between the couple and is like trying to wedge them apart and like push this girl over. And I'm like, what are you doing? So I lean forward and I grab her arm and I push her back. I'm like, stop, you know? And then, okay, so then a little bit of time goes by. She's still got her arm up. She's still, you know, jamming out to Brian Adams. This bitch fucking puts her arm in, pushes the girl's head, and then punches her. I'm like, oh, well, now you're fucked. But I'm fucked because I can't really move. So I look at the people in front of me. And I go, hey, I need to get through. So they open up. They move. I get to this girl and I take her to her seat. And I'm like, this is your last chance. Everybody else is up there. If you want to stay in this concert, you've got to sit in this chair and don't get up. So she goes, fine. So she sits in the chair. She doesn't get up. Okay. I go back down to the girl at the front. I ask, she's okay, whatever. Concert goes on. I'm scanning the crowd. And all of a sudden, I the boyfriend's like, hey, man. And I look, and this bitch is trying to scrap with her again. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> Brian Adams, people. <laughs> so I push through the crowd, and I grab the girl. And I'm like, you're out. And I, and I push her. She turns around to unload on me, okay? <laughs> now, she's standing in like, a, you know, a, as she turns around, her one fist up and her other fist is coming over. And I'm like, I'm not punching you in the face, okay? But I'm not close enough to grab you <laughs> and like put you on the ground and then like hold your arms and take you up the stairs like or the walkway. It wasn't stairs. It was a ramp. So anyway, she goes to swing but leaned into like too early so, or too far. So I ducked it and I gave her a quick jab in the left thigh. <laughs> and she went down. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I picked her up and I walk out and everybody like the crowd didn't see it. But everybody else saw it, okay? But they also saw this chick, like, fighting me, essentially, before that. <laughs> so, I'm walking out, and my boss and a couple of the other guys are at the door. My boss opens the door. He's like, hey, wife beater, what the fuck are you doing, man? I go, did you not see what happened there? I had no choice. Like, I couldn't just grab her, and nobody was fucking coming. Like, what, what do you want me to do? He's like, no, no, it's okay. I'm just fucking with you. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> because, like, I didn't, it was the only thing I could have done. But, dude. A Brian Adams concert, you get into a fight. Like, are you kidding me? I've been at festivals where, like, people were ready to square off. You walk in, you're like, dude, you really, like, you really want to ruin your day just to 
because a guy knocked your beer over, just get another beer or get him a, whatever. <laughs> like, you don't need to do this to end your day to be a dummy. But at the same time, I also loved it for that exact same fact. Which is kind of ridiculous because I think it means that I'm like addicted to adrenaline a little bit. Because without that like fear, I don't know, life's just not as much fun without that fear. That's what I've learned over fucking COVID, man. Without that fear, life is garbage. When you need the fear, not to sit at home, you need the fear. To flush, <laughs> to flush the laziness down the toilet. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, you want to hear something crazy? Okay. So I'm going to tell, I found out about this this week. And I want you, for a second before I tell you whether it is or not, to tell me, to not tell me obviously, but here, think about this. Okay, so I saw a video about this roller coaster. Okay, and we'll call this, we'll call this segment the true or not segment. And for the true or not segment, what do we have for a sound? We have, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we have an applause. True or not. Now nah, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> True or not. Supporters, here we go. True or not. Yeah, tell us the truth here. Tell us the truth here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Once I watch this, we'll see what happens. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So, I saw this video of a roller coaster that's called the Euthanasia Roller Coaster. Okay? Now, I found this thing online, all right? This is what it is. The whole purpose, it's a one-ride roller coaster. <laughs> it gets you going so fast that it kills you. That's why it's called the euthanasia roller coaster, okay? So I was like, fuck, that's insane. <laughs> this is even more insane. These are the stats, okay? The fucking height of this thing is 18, 1,800 feet. The drop is 1,600 feet. The length of the whole roller coaster is 24,751 feet, okay? The speed is 300, or sorry, 220 miles an hour. The inversion, seven. So that's seven circles that gradually get smaller and smaller and smaller, okay? This thing fits 24 people, all right? The duration of the ride is three minutes and 20 seconds. The G-force is 10. So you, the idea is that you ride the roller coaster and you through it and you go through the circles and it maintains a G-force that eventually just kills you. But it kills you with euphoria, calm. It just essentially puts you to sleep, gives you tunnel vision and goes to sleep. I was like, holy fucking shit. Now, I could believe in this thing. I could see this being a thing. So, it's a thing. <laughs> okay? What do you think? You think that's a thing? I could see it. It's legal to do. Like, what do you think? You think it's true? Think it's not true? Okay, I'll give you a second. <laughs> yeah, seriously, think about it. <clears throat> That shit's insane. You take a roller coaster 
instead of a shot. Natural, baby. Just not this. <laughs> Just like the weed. That's what I'm saying, right? So what do you think? Real? Not real? I thought that shit was real. It's not fucking real, man. Nope. I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was so disappointed, and I totally got fucking sucked into it. I thought it was definitely a thing. I absolutely 100% thought, yep, they have that in, like, Germany. No. Some guy came up with it. Another guy did, like, a scale model of it, and it's in, like, uh, an Irish museum somewhere. <laughs> in Ireland. Probably in Ireland. <laughs> Dude, I'm so high right now. I hope you're enjoying the sesh. I hope you're uh, having a good start to your weekend. I hope you enjoyed the new, I guess, kind of style of the show. I don't know if you call it style. We're, uh, we're going to iron out the kinks as it goes along. But these were some of the ideas that I thought. I thought we would have, you know, what we did here. I'm going to do a couple more episodes of, uh, of uh, some of these concert security stories. Those are just some of like the more fun ones, I think. There's a, there's a couple of really good ones in there, too. I just got to... <laughs> Write them down <laughs> or something. I don't know. I got to get them, you know. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed the sesh. That's my thoughts off the stem for this week. I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you enjoy next week. I hope you have enjoy all your time. <laughs> I hope you check out the Tots 420 gear on the lot. Uh, uh, oh my God. On the link tree. On my Tots 420 link tree. Um, get your merch. Check out the pod, the audio podcast, the previous episodes. If you haven't listened one through, I think it's 30, 31, I started putting them on video. So yeah, check those out. Those ones are fun too. They're a little bit shorter. Yeah. Come back. I hope you come back next week with me, Justin Veroni, with Thoughts Off the Stem at 4.20 p.m. on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you get a podcast. It's out there, baby. YouTube. You can get everywhere. Good pods, pod chaser. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed the sesh. And I hope you come back next week. I'm high as fuck. That's what House Plant does. It's not a one toker, but it definitely gets you stoned. <laughs> so until next time, keep your lids low, baby.